I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's Noah Daniels. Welcome to part two of Devin's yeah. Demons. Enjoy. <laughs> well, okay, so you you said with, with this hand thing, you were hesitant to tell the story, but you said because of how it ended, you felt like it was okay. Can you kind of get into... Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a bit of a long story because it, okay. it actually goes on past this point. I keep I get distracted. There's like different chapters, honestly. Yeah. And because it continues throughout different points in my life. That's the first time I saw it. But that's also... it. That's not where it ended its attack on me at all. That's just where it stopped using that particular tactic. And the mm. good thing, the good thing about that is that's where I learned... Uh, the most important thing when it comes to dealing with things that are hostile, like paranormal things that are hostile, is don't give them the time of day. Mm -hmm. like, don't get scared. They want you to get scared. Basically, the unifying thing to like uh, hostile entities or demons is that they feed off of you in a way. A lot of times it'll start small. It'll be like you'll be in your house and you'll like something like a candle will fall off your, your cabinet in the other room. There's no reason to be alarmed. But like you're, you'll go like, that's weird. Like it was all the way inside of the cabinet. Now mm -hmm. it's all the way across the room. How could that have happened? And then it kind of feeds off of that interest in yours and it starts to do more things like it'll take stuff away or mm. like you'll hear a voice in the other room but it starts off very small and basically if you pay enough attention to it especially if you get scared it gets bigger and it gets more violent and it gets closer to you and it gets more 
ability to actually like influence you Mm -hmm. because what a lot of people say and like the whole demonic possession thing like there's well there's a couple things to talk about there's thousands of years worth of tradition when it comes to like demonic possession in all other cultures and then there's just like the things that people have experienced like so many people have had the same experience i had where like something is getting closer and closer and it's feeding off the energy you're giving to it and it's able to do more stuff to you like go into your dreams or like give you certain kinds of thoughts and stuff like that like um there's this one story about this one house that was possessed and it had convinced the family that it was this little ghost girl and um like this is this particular story and many other stories where like people all of a sudden can't stop compulsively thinking about killing their significant other or everyone in the house you know what i mean like and i think you know a lot of it mental illness a lot of it is like people being like having abusive abusive personality disorders and they don't know how to deal with their emotions and they want to take it on on someone else but then there are those stories that you really can't discount of like things getting worse for people after some paranormal thing has like latched onto them and has been victimizing them for a long time Mm. and there's been like all anecdotal but like when you start talking to people about this kind of stuff in particular you find more and more that it started with other stuff like weird things that they would see or um you know scratch marks even like but it always it's always the same pattern starting off small opening all the cabinets until you start to get freaked out and then it's like throwing stuff at you in your room and then something someone's talking next to you or then something starts to like a mist starts to form in the same room with you or it chokes you in your sleep or you have the same dream that someone's pursuing you over and over again like it gets worse and worse until it can you know presumably possess you wow so how did this demon kind of change up its uh, tactics? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Keep going down these all these other <laughs> no, avenues. It's totally fine. Um, what happened after that is that um, I started having recurring nightmares again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Now, do you think there's something uh, like spiritually significant about a recurring nightmare is that like i i sometimes people talk about dreams as if it's like kind of a window to like another reality or another dimension or something are you kind of a subscriber to that i think sometimes yeah i think there are different kinds of dreams i think the vast majority of your dreams are just going to be your brain processing the random information Uh uh-huh that you've had uh in the day yeah uh and just because that's what they think dreams are it's just organizing the information you've taken right like taking things from the short-term memory and putting them into the long-term memory that being said i do believe that there is a thinness in dreams like there is more things can pervade and come through from the other side yeah in certain dreams but like it's the difference between like oh i had a dream where i was eating a tomato sandwich and then bill clinton knocked in and he's like tomato sandwiches are illegal and then i woke up in social studies (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) what's the point that's not a sandwich (laughs) it's a salad just a tea (laughs) that is a weird kind of sandwich you would eat in a dream yeah exactly (laughs) and then there's like you know uh oh yeah the skies opened up and then you know uh someone came down and told me something incredibly wise that applies to my life like there's a difference you know yeah like 
I lost a loved one and then saw them in a dream. And it's weird not knowing if that was just the way that my brain was like, this is how we're going to deal with this. I'm going to give you closure on this. Or if it was actually some kind of entity entering a dream. And either way, it was a nice moment to share. So I don't Mm -hmm. really have to figure it out. But even that, like in my mind, like I'm also open to the fact that like I could be insane and that these could be like just chemical imbalances Mm -hmm. I've experienced. But in my mind, like I have a way that I've experienced my life and that I've seen my life and like I've seen what's true to me. And I have to know that like it could not be true, but in so many ways, like anything like you're, you're, to me, like I've had those experiences, like my grandpa recently, I lost him. And then I've had, I had several dreams where he was telling me things that like he wanted to say, he was like a very taciturn person, very unexpressive. And in all the dreams, he was very like open and happy and smiling a lot and very communicative. Mm. Like, and it was almost as if like, it's the way he wanted to be more of in a way. And to me, like, I, I like to see it both ways. Like I like to see it as my brain giving me closure, but at the same time, like that's almost just as comforting as him actually right. being there. Like, yeah. cause in the same way, my brain's trying to give me that connection. And you're getting the experience either yeah. way. Exactly. So, yeah. Win-win. I do personally, because I've had so many of those experiences, most of me believes that it is actually our loved ones coming through. Mm-hmm. But I do like to, just to keep myself from being too dogmatic in when anyway, also believe that it could just be like you said your brain trying to give you that closure but with the recurring Mm -hmm. dream when i say it changed its attack it stopped i felt like it started attacking me more emotionally because the dreams it would give me were always like um attack like self-attack you know what i mean It it started when i was around my teens so i was very vulnerable i was going through like a lot of changes and this is something that like these like around that time and continuing out like to this day like i it got very dark for me in my teens and then later in my 20s i tried to commit suicide a lot and that kind of ties into the story also that's why i bring it up um and it became like a real issue for me like i was bulimic there was a lot of like self-harm like very dark years um and what started happening is i genuinely believe that a big part of it is because this same entity was still trying to it it stopped trying to possess me and was now just trying to get me to kill myself Mm. because the dreams i started having were always always there it was always like people hating me um, me ruining things me just like being some kind of poison that pervades and then this recurring dream that i started having where i had like little bits at a time what would happen in that dream is that I would be in my parents' room. I'd be, sometimes I would sleep in there because like we had one air conditioning and it's like, you know, it would get really, really hot or whatever. What would happen is often I'd be sleeping in the same spot that I was having the dream in. But what happened is I was in my parents' room and the entire rest of my social studies class was there. So the first part of the dream starts off really normal, but then it like takes a twist. So the social studies class was there and my teacher was sitting at the head of my parents' bed and he was just teaching the class and they were all just either standing, sitting on the floor or on leaning against the wall like it was normal or something like that. But then, like I said, because there was my bedroom in the hallway, I would see something run up the stairs and into my bedroom and just kind of in the corner of my eye. 
but you know how sometimes characters and dreams know what you're thinking or what yeah. you've seen immediately. And this, it's significant to me, this part, because my social studies teacher at the time was very, uh, understanding of me. Like I was in the resource room when I was a kid, like, um, a lot of teachers like treated me very poorly. They like kind of looked down on me cause I was like learning disabled. I just, I wasn't like dumb, mm-hmm. but like I had trouble and mm-hmm. like a lot of teachers, especially back then would kind of blame you for that. Um, he kind of took exception to me. Like he liked my writing and he like treated me very well. Mm-hmm. So like I looked up to him very much and a lot of times because of my experience with him, I would have dreams about him where he would play kind of like a wise or protective figure. And I do think that certain positive spiritual, positive spiritual entities, like ones that are like you might, people might call them angels. People might call them spirit guides. People might call them whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, even Socrates had a spirit that he would talk to. Um, and he, Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He said, he was like, yeah, he was like, I'm not sure if it's actually here or I imagine it, but it gives me good discourse. And people would be like, like, it was part of like why they had him drink poison and stuff. He's like, you think you're a God and you can talk to the gods. I was like, this is, and he was like, this isn't a God. This is just Diomenes or whatever he called it. Wow. It's wow. very interesting. Huh. Um, but I think sometimes if you have this same dream about someone who's like protective or guides you in a way, um, it's one of those spirit guides taking a familiar form. Like this is what in your mind is closest to what I am. So I'm going to appear to you as that. But I saw the thing run up and then my social studies teacher looked at me and he's like, Devin, don't look, don't look at it. Um, but in the dream, I remember that it, that was kind of happening as I was turning to look. And then as I looked, it's it was weird because I was remembering what was happening is in the dream as it was happening. So what I saw is I saw another version of me running into my bedroom and um, hanging down from the ceiling were all these chains like with hooks in them. Uh, and that's all I saw. He just ran into the bedroom, but I knew it was gonna happen. So I immediately was terrified. And in the dream, I started crying and I just uh, went down on the floor and covered my face and I was sobbing until I heard like a gunshot. And then I felt uh, liquid splatter on the back of my legs. And I knew in my head, because I had had the dream, that what had happened is that the other version of me went into my bedroom and shot himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was distraught over it, the version of me that was having the dream, uh, until something came up from behind me and grabbed me by the back of my neck and my shirt and lifted me up and then turned me around. And it was another me, like a third me, but this one was like very angry and started like hitting me in the face and it could like lift me above its head and hit me in the face. And like, I remember the dream vividly because like I was lifted up and I could see the angry me below me and I could see my blood dripping on its face and then teeth. Mm -hmm. And then I couldn't see out of one eye and then I couldn't see out of the other eye. And I basically felt myself die. And I had that dream many times. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. Um, and then like weird stuff would happen, like where I would, uh, just wake up in weird places. You know what I mean? Did you think you were sleepwalking or do you think something was maybe guiding you while you were sleepwalking or something? Yeah, I do. I bring up like 
this entity's plan of attack. Um, because I think in, you know, maybe it was just sleepwalking. Like I have, I'm very, I'm a very active sleepwalker, but I would wake up in weird or dangerous places. Yeah. Like, you know, like, uh, just, uh, like I remember one time I was stuck under the bed and it was like a really tight bed and I was like, I could barely breathe. Um, and then, you know, several times I'd be like outside or Mm -hmm. like by the road or something like that. Um, but anyway, like that could just also be me. Like that's a condition that people have. But yeah, and that continued for a long time. Oh, we figured out at one point what we thought had happened. And we found out that like, we knew that the person who lived there before us had died. But what we found out from our neighbor who was in a relationship with the person who had discovered them uh-huh. um, is that they had gone in uh, and something horrible had happened and they never really wanted to talk about it. But the only thing that we could understand is that there was like a lot of blood um, and that there was like police involvement for a very long time Mm. that they were looking into it. So it was very strange. But the people that came in that helped me, helped us actually like sever the connection between me and this thing they said that there some kind of black magic altar was set up there and my personal pet theory and we have very little information is that the lady who had lived there before us was doing some kind of magic and gotten involved with something that had gotten attached to the house and would and started victimizing our family after we moved in wow how did they sever the connection he this guy did basically like medicine man shamanic uh-huh. Uh, techniques and stuff. Do you like, like that. burn sage or? No, it was a lot more complicated. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like came up from Peru. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Yeah. Um, and he was like a family friend of one of my mom's friends, and you know he was basically able to, uh, like, I'm not sure what he did because he didn't speak English, mm-hmm. but he had a lot of he like brought feathers and he brought (laughs) rocks and he did like a lot of stuff and basically from that point on uh we never experienced that same thing in the house again well yeah wow how old were you at that time my way too uh teens 13 14 because uh like i think the last time i had experiences with this particular thing uh the green hand and such it was because of that it's because like i faced up to it on my own a bit and then someone was able to come in and actually like extract the connection um but that's the thing that i've seen like i remember this one youtuber that does kind of a paranormal i wish i wish i had looked her up because pewdiepie no it wasn't pewdiepie (laughs) who's some blonde lady (laughs) But she saw a hand too, and she made a video about it one time. And it was, she said it was like, it looked like a green decrepit hand and it come out from underneath her bed. And then several other uh, blog sites, um, people describe like a hand coming out from their bed and stuff like that. So some of these things, like my, one of my personal theories is that these things, you know, they're not really connected to a place or a time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that like they get more powerful by affecting more people. So like, I do feel like this same thing, like has gone after many people. 
It's very interesting. It's interesting. When you moved to this house, did you live in this house for, for I guess, how many years? A long time. Um, yeah. I guess I was about five. So let's say that's like 1995. And I lived in that house. I was going to college. Uh-huh. So I was there for quite a while. So after after that happened in your teens, did anything strange or supernatural ever occur again in, in the house? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but less, less hostile. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like at one point, cause my mom ended up knowing a lot of people, uh, our dog stopped going in the hallway, just would refuse to go in the hallway. He would mm. just stop in the living room and then just bark and bark and mm. bark. And he started doing this out of nowhere. So my mom consulted one of these, uh, people who was able to do, and that, that's the thing is like, there's people who do cold reads and then there's people who just come in and they know, Yeah, you know what I mean? And they're able to to tell you what you've been experiencing and they're able to tell you why have a true connection exactly yeah. like you don't have to tell them anything right they just start telling you what's been going on in your own house and you're like whoa how do you know that he's like i can see it right um uh so one of those people was like oh there's an old lady in the hallway she saw Devin walking home and liked him so followed him and your dog bingo is very afraid of the lady doesn't want to go past her uh so she asked this lady to go and then the dog was using the hallway again the day the same day that's so strange yeah that's super weird Pet oh, things man. are always really interesting because mm-hmm. yeah i know sometimes uh when my dog was younger she's a little older now but she would just stare at something just like walk over and just like stare at something and then bark and bark and bark and i'd be like okay i'm gonna just watch tv exactly. and pretend like that's not happening but that's exactly there. what i'm talking about you call yourself spiritually agnostic yeah that's the exact kind of thing that people like who are like i've never seen anything i've never experienced anything that's the exact kind of thing that they start remembering once they have actually like right. okay i cannot explain this anymore yeah. and then they go back through their memories and you're like oh yeah there was that thing i ignored yeah. oh yeah there was there was that basement i refused to go in yeah it's interesting we've had several people on the podcast and um for the majority the people that have come on and told their stories they're always put the caveat in of well but i don't know if that really even happened mm. i don't know if i really even remember it that way or you know myself included with my stories and it just always makes me wonder, is that like a self-preservation exactly. tool? Exactly. Yeah. You know? It's that socialized thing. Yeah. Like you don't want people to think you're stupid or look down on you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally don't have a human amount of shame. So I talk about these things very confidently. I know it makes me seem crazy. It probably even makes me seem stupid, but like it's happened to me enough. I've talked to people where I know it's happened to them too. Right. A lot of times it's little stuff like that, but a lot of times it's not little stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's big stuff like you know this person seeing the same headless corpse walking around their garage over and over again that's one i made up off the top of my head but oh okay <laughs> you improvise yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh oh oh like speaking of animals they in our last apartment here in atlanta over and over again when i'd be in the living room and you could see the kitchen from the living room mm. i would see this short brown-haired girl just standing by the by the refrigerator mm. and for a long time i was like okay maybe it's just me i mean i didn't really think it was just me because i was used to this kind of stuff and at the same time i would also see her sometimes move and she'd go into the bathroom and funnily enough several times where i'd be in this in the shower i'd be like oh meredith are you in here can you pass me this and then I'd see someone leave. And then Meredith would, from the other side of the apartment, be like, are you saying something to me? And it was just a ghost that could mm. come into the shower huh. and left. But I could see them 
just walking back and forth in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. But the funny thing like is you like, can see their silhouette through the shower curtain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see her well enough where I knew she had brown hair and she was like not above five feet tall. Oh my goodness. But my dog never experiences this kinds of things. But there was a month there where I took in a dog off the street that we named Turkey. And every time I would see the girl in the kitchen or in the bathroom, Turkey would like be like just hone in on it and start like going Burr. You know what I mean? So you were looking at the same thing that your dog exactly. Was exactly. Oh my! Well, that, 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 that not your dog. Yeah. Turkey was looking at <laughs> turkey. Could yes, see turkey. turkey no exactly. And and shadow facts for our viewers is is the the permanent dog. Yeah, yeah. What when we had Teresa on, who's a medium, you know, she described at a young age having similar experiences, not necessarily in the vein of feeling attacked by spirits, mm-hmm. but but visually seeing things, expressing that, and people telling her like, "Hey, you're crazy. What yeah. are you doing?" She said that she's gotten to a point where she can kind of tune them out and they don't appear unless she wants them to appear. Have you ever spoken to anybody to try to harness that energy or? Oh, I'm already able to do that. Okay. Basically, um, it's, I've had enough experience. If you start paying attention to those things, you start to notice that it's kind of like if you go into a heightened area when you see it. I can come into an area and kind of know when I have to uh, tune it all out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because you'll kind of go insane if you don't. You won't yeah. literally go insane, but it'll just be all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's very interesting. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I haven't even thought to check this place. Oh yeah, there's definitely people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. something bad. So Noah, what do you what do you think of uh, initial impressions of ghost stories um, or, or entity stories? Yeah, this is an interesting one. It's not it's not like anyone we've we've had so far. Um, well, there's similarities, I think, in in terms of like the animal thing we've heard uh, about that before. Yeah, there's similarities um, in the sense of people have viewed things. I think more so from a distance. Yeah, or heard things from a distance or seen things from a distance. And people, so, some people being more in tune to it than yeah. other people being more closed off. Whereas here we have a firsthand account, uh, a very descriptive. I saw this. This happened. I see these things, these things happen. And it always, because I think people have a tendency to be skeptical when they hear stories, which I think is healthy, but it always amazes me when you sit down with somebody mm. to to listen to their stories and stuff. You can tell like, this isn't a lie. You know, now I'm not there in these situations. I don't know if they were manifested as real, fake, whatever. But I do believe you that you're telling me your truth. And that's always very impactful on me. Sometimes I think it wouldn't take a lot to convince me to join a cult (laughs) Um, because I tend to, I want to put the best in people, especially in an interview situation or just a storytelling situation. Yeah. I mean, I believe that you believe you went through that and it's scary as fuck, (laughs) Um, you know, so that's, it's different. I mean, I'm, I shared this on our first episode where I had an experience where my hand went through what I thought was a ghost when I was a child and three other people in the room, we all screamed and ran out of the room and turned on the lights. That was as scary as it's ever gotten for me as far as visually seeing a ghost uh, that I can't explain at all through science or whatever. But that's nothing like what you described. To me, it sounds like more like uh, what I would think of a classic demon situation and i think it's really brave of you to come on here and and share that with everyone and i think all of our listeners will will appreciate 
uh, the story that's been shared. So yeah, I yeah. I don't know. Right now, I'm just more scared than anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I so we. I, we normally say like, oh, I like I want to believe in ghosts because that would be rad. Now I'm sort of like, hmm, maybe <laughs> it can be scary. maybe I don't. Yeah, it's not as rad as I think it would be. No. And, uh, I hope we're not. It's not a messing 90s. with uh, things we shouldn't be messing with. But it's not a '90s skate park. That was right. Uh, it's a house of horrors <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think you know stories um, that things that happened to you as a child. Generally for me, those are like more difficult to to believe objectively just because, you know, I do think memories do change as we, we age and our brains fill in things with certain details that might not have been there and that human perception and human memory aren't always the most or reliable sources of information. But, you know, I, I believe in science because science works. I turn a light switch on and the light turns on. I watch a weather report and generally it predicts the weather. And so the fact that your story has experiences where, you know, someone did a, a shamanic ritual and it it worked or uh, someone asked a ghost to leave and your dog stopped barking at it. Mm -hmm. That's another one that I'm like generally like easy to discount when an animal doesn't because like, well, we don't know what's going on in their heads. But that like that did the trick is that's such a a weird coincidence. Yeah. It's not like you Um, can tell the dog like, oh, you can stop barking now the ghost is gone. Yeah. The dog did it on its own. Yeah. And I actually, you know, with, you know, shaman stuff and I'll just preface this to say i i know very very little about shaman rituals or culture or tradition but i i was uh in uh the peace corps in ecuador and part of our training uh we went to visited a shaman and he kind of talked us through what he does and i remember just kind of thinking like mm, this kind of seems like bullshit and then i asked my the person who was like our Peace Corps trainer, like, what do you think of this stuff? And she was like, well, I never believed it until a friend of mine went to a shaman and this shaman told her that she had cancer and she didn't believe him. And then months later she went to a doctor's office and the doctor said that she had cancer. Yeah. And so, you know, there's like things out there that, you know, we don't value in Western modern society. Yeah. Modern society that I think, we're overlooking certain yeah. truths so yeah i don't know i'm uh yeah i'm when when something works i'm prone to yeah. believe it what is the the concoction they make i think in peru where the shamans make it and then you throw up and you get really really ayahuasca ayahuasca yeah if you do if you research uh people's experiences with ayahuasca you'll read about all kind of crazy stuff where um one of the ones i heard not too long ago somebody did the ayahuasca they had their vision and they were seeing a friend of theirs who had cancer uh, laying in bed and they were right above them and they went into their friend and removed the cancer out of their body mm. and they called their friend and they're like hey i had this dream da 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 and the friend was like so weirdest thing i went to the doctor and i don't have cancer anymore yeah. now I don't know if that cancer came back. I don't even know if that story's true. So don't, you know, people that are in, in, in bad positions don't think that's some sign of hope. I just find it interesting. You know, the more information you take in, I, I think it's always uh, better to make your own determinations for yeah. that kind of stuff. But yeah, what JJ said, it, 
there's a lot of old world stuff uh, that we don't value, but yet you hear people that get put in situations in modern society and they don't have anything else to turn to. And, and then they go to that and then like the story we heard today, sometimes they're successful in helping. Exactly, you know. yeah. Uh, I feel like there's thousands of years of tradition um, and a lot of these like older, especially like the Aztecs and the Mayans, like that was a, a culture that was thousands of years old and they were incredibly advanced in their understanding of math and their understanding of physics. Yeah. But they also had these spiritual beliefs that they held in equal uh, with equal respect that right. they thought brought them as much truth as anything else that they studied. You know what I mean? In ancient civilizations, they discovered batteries made with acid. You know, they discovered like how to like sterilize wounds. They discovered all of these things that we had to go back after the dark ages and just redo. So like, it, if you think about it like you know they had like a, a outdoor plumbing in certain cities in mm. uh, ancient africa mm. you know what i mean even like systems of like cooling air and stuff like that mm. like we like we tend to think of like time as this like you know uh, this kind of increasing curve but really it's like progress loss of progress progress again like incredible loss of progress mm. like just to think of like old traditions like as primitive in anything at all is a little foolish i think yeah mm -hmm. especially because I've, I've heard a lot of those stories from people first hand telling mm -hmm. me that like a medicine man helped heal them like something that they haven't been able to get fixed in any other way yeah. but then you also hear a thousand stories of people thinking they're medicine men like doing like a shamanic online thing sure and it's like a joke you know what i mean yeah. just like you know how there's fraud in the medical industry yeah. you know Sprout in, in every industry. Yeah, except the ghost industry. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the ghost podcast industry. You guys are frauds! 100% real haunting. <laughs> so, we've heard a lot tonight. Is there any last word of wisdom you'd like to leave with our listeners? It's tempted to get scared. Don't get scared. In my experience you give your energy to things and I, I mean paranormal stuff and real stuff and and i think people really have to think about their attention their love their focus and their concentration more like gifts mm -hmm. like something tangible and physical because like it's it's cool to listen to spooky stories but at the same time you can actually be damaged by some of these things mm -hmm. so it's also really important to remember to give yourself respect as an energetic being even if you don't believe in this stuff like you know being thoughtful about what you put your energy into like you know we are what we take in we are what we give ourselves to you know what i mean like we are what we eat exactly yeah. <laughs> we yeah. are what we eat we're gonna be broccoli or cereal killers <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you want this or not but uh would you like our listeners to be able to contact you in any way or any kind oh, of social yeah. media platform you can add me on instagram it's pretty easy it's just devon tully d-e-v-o-n-t-u-l-o-y but yeah that's a that's a great way to get in contact with me or like keep up with me, anything like that. Like I, and that's on, that's Instagram. Instagram. Right? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Devin's one of the premier comedians in Atlanta. So <laughs> if you're here, uh, make sure you check him out yep. for sure. All right, JJ, you a believer? I'm like, I, I feel like every time we do an episode, I get more and more on the like, 
maybe I'm more open-minded to this than I thought I was. Um, So, yeah, I feel like this is definitely pushing me closer to that. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm so conflicted. I'm really conflicted. It's okay. I think I think it's okay to be conflicted. All right, guys. Well, that's another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.